Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information to help you achieve a successful retirement. I'm your co-host, John McComb, and it's my pleasure to join Lori Pinkowski every two weeks to talk about financial and estate planning, travel, hobbies, and so much more. Whether you are planning for retirement or already living your retirement dreams, Ready, Set, Retire is for you. And Lori, throughout the past year or so, interest rates have remained a hot topic in the headlines as the Bank of Canada and the Fed in the U.S. try to tame inflation. And one of the industries that's been heavily affected by the rising interest rates is the real estate business. Exactly. You know, the central banks around the world have really pursued an aggressive policy of rate increases since March of 2022. And since then, the Bank of Canada has raised rates 10 times, John. Like, that's huge. And they did take a pause early on this year for a couple months, and then they decided to raise again. And so, again, this is affecting us as Canadians, those that have mortgages, those who have lines of credits, and the real estate market in general. You know, when I'm talking to retirees who are planning to either use their home as part of their retirement plan, those who are downsizing, you know, things like that. So it's affecting all different generations, I would say, differently. And uh, I thought it would be a good topic for us to discuss today. So this week on Ready, Set, Retire, we talk about the effect of rising interest rates on real estate and investing in real estate versus the stock market. We'll be discussing uh, home prices, mortgage rates, downsizing, early gifting, and we will compare real estate versus stocks in retirement. Okay, so we know that things have changed in the uh, real estate market over the last year. How so? What we initially saw coming out of last year into this year is the real estate market was slowing. Prices were down uh, even 15% in the lower mainland, as high as 25% in places like Chilliwack. But since then, we're seeing prices moving higher. A lot of um, properties are going for above asking. And there's a bit of FOMO out there, I think. You know, I think that real estate investors were worried that mortgage rates were going to move higher and higher and higher, but they have to lock in it at some point. And so they were looking for real estate. And, and then you have this lack of inventory out there, right? There's just not a lot of inventory. And so that, I think, is now putting some pressure on sales because people are going, you know, I don't want to list my house if there's no house to buy. And now mortgage rates are where they are today. And so I think it's important to be following the real estate market on many different fronts, as I'm commentating a lot on NW as well as here on our podcast. And I think that Vancouverites just love this topic, John. They really do. And so with the Bank of Canada increasing rates to where they are today, the question is, should people change their kind of strategy on real estate or debt or downsizing uh, from what it was a few months ago? Well, I dare say that a lot of people are very interested in real estate because a lot of people have made some very, very nice money profits off of uh, real estate over the years. And now that it seems that uh, the average price of a home is back over a million dollars, and that hasn't been the case for a while. So things seem to be heading back into the territory that uh, I think we've become used to over the years. Yeah, especially here in Vancouver. You know, when you talk to friends or family about real estate, everyone just thinks it always goes up. Yeah. However, <laughs> those who were around back in the 80s uh, realized that that wasn't the case. And, you know, my mom started as a real estate agent back in 1982. And she tells me how her first 17 deals collapsed because they couldn't get financing, right? Because rates were, what, 18, 19% plus. 
So, you know, it's not always rainbows and butterflies in the real estate market. And even though things have maintained and kind of gotten better recently, I do see on the horizon a slowdown in real estate for numerous reasons. But again, because rates are so high and even though the banks have been kind of working with variable rate mortgage holders as of late, the Bank of Canada doesn't really like that as much. So I, you know, I'm wondering if they're going to come out and curb some of that pretend and extend and increasing amortization or interest only. And if that happens, then I would be worried about those that don't have rates locked in and those that have to renew too, right? That's all coming up too. There are a lot of people who, because the federal government over the years has made getting into the housing market tougher because they're worried about people who can't carry the mortgage, it squeezes it that much tighter if now the Bank of Canada is involved again and again limit the number of people who can actually take part. Well, you think about it, that kind of 2% they add on to a mortgage rate to see if you qualify. I mean, that made sense when rates were 1% or 2% to protect you from yourself of buying too much home than you can afford. But at 7% mortgage rates or 6%, getting approved that much higher doesn't really make a whole lot of sense either. And it is becoming much more difficult for people to get approved for sure. Well, so how have the most recent rate hikes affected borrowers and potential home buyers? Yeah, so when the Bank of Canada raises rate again, 25 basis points earlier in the month of July here, you know, we're taking a look at like, what would that do to a homeowner with a $500,000, 25-year amortized mortgage look like if the rate was around 6%? You'd be paying it roughly uh, around uh, 3200 a month. And, you know, this is up significantly if you were paying 2 or 3% just a year before. That could be an increase of $1,000 or, or more a month. And a lot of people don't have that kind of dough sitting on the sidelines, especially if they stretched in order to kind of afford that condo or home that they wanted. So higher interest rates are going to make ownership affordability more challenging along with the prices in Vancouver, which are still high. You know what I mean? So you have, you've got everything high. <laughs> so it's becoming more and more difficult for the younger generation to break in. But also just in terms of taking a look at clients that are downsizing in retirement, what does that mean to them? I think that's also important to look at because a lot of people use their home as part of their retirement plan. So if rates stay high and people's mortgages have gone up that much, they may not be able to afford them and may have to start selling. And that's when you see inventory increase. You could see home prices deteriorate, and that would affect those wanting to downsize as well in retirement. Well, is now a good time to be thinking about downsizing in this in this current market? Yeah, you know, I have this conversation almost weekly, I would say, with clients. And I do believe that now is a good time to take advantage of that because, and it depends on what age you are too, right? And just what your hobbies are and your mobility. That's a big one, John, because downsizing, you know, you want to be ready. You want to feel ready. But I would say most people don't feel ready to downsize. It's just, you know, you've lived there for 30, 40 plus years. You have all your stuff there. Where are you going to put your stuff? But if you're 70, 75, 80 years old, you know, that decade can take a lot out of you trying to move somewhere. So, you know, even if you hire packers and movers and all that kind of stuff, which I've seen, you still got to determine what you're taking with you, where you're moving to. And that becomes much more difficult in your 80s, I would say. So you want to make that decision when you're able to, you're mobile enough to, and you're not forced to. 
because that's a, a, another issue. If something happens to you where all of a sudden you must downsize and you're rushed to do it and that makes it more difficult. And so that's why, you know, I really do think downsizing when you're willing and able is better to look at doing. And so while there's no crystal ball when it comes to the value of your property and so on, my bet is on that real estate's going to be lower over the next 12 months unless they reverse course and start reducing interest rates. But I just don't see that happening anytime soon when they're still talking about increasing rates here in Canada. So I do think that it is important to take a look at where we're at right now and look at if you are planning to downsize, look at your health and well-being, the real estate market and lean on, of course, a financial advisor who knows about real estate to really discuss that because each person's situation is unique. Not directly related to real estate, but kind of a a lateral question about the talk about recession and increasing interest rates, putting pressure on the economy and and businesses not doing well. And all of that seems to have at least so far not happened. Yeah, you know, it hasn't happened to the extent the economy is quite resilient. And a lot of that has to do because everyone's working or those who want to work have a job. And I think that in itself is keeping the consumers strong. There's still this post-COVID breakout in terms of travel. You look at profits on airline stocks, like they're returning to profitability finally after years and cruise lines and all that kind of stuff. And the service industry as well. Restaurants are packed. So rates are up, yes, but the economy is still moving forward, although slowing, right? And I think that's important. So we're nowhere in a recession, although the economy is slowing. And that's what we're looking for over the next 6, 12 months if we're getting more signals of an actual recession. Or is this just going to be a soft landing? They reduce rates and everybody lives happily ever after. And the low in the stock market was last October, possibly, and uh, markets just move higher, you know. And so there's two paths that this can go right now, John, and I would say it's a little early to tell which one. And I think people have to be cognizant of what that path could lead to. Absolutely. And back on the real estate question, what about early gifting to help a child purchase a home? Is now the best time for that? Yeah, you know, early gifting is a big one. I would say that a lot of people in retirement, once they get past their the go-go years of retirement, right, when they're traveling, all that kind of stuff, and um, even when they're downsizing, then they have a new pocket of money that kind of flows into their portfolio. A lot of people decide to early gift at that time. You know, it's important to understand the real estate market when you're early gifting because you want your kids to break into the market. That's important. You don't want them to be paying rent and the rental market's even difficult. But you don't want them to buy, you know, a $900,000 or $800,000 condo for it to drop 100000 either. So I think that's important. And also making sure that they can afford the mortgage payments and that their job is secure because you don't want to be on the hook for that either. So, you know, it might be better to even early gift, have them invest the money, whether it be a GIC at 5% or in the markets, depending on, again, what the goal is and when they want to buy real estate. And then kind of, you know, sit this one out for a little bit and just see what happens over the next few months. Even though they may pay, you know, another 12 months in rent, it might be better than if they bought a piece of real estate and it falls 10, 15%. So, you know, just keep that in mind. And even if they're holding it for the long term, it's still a better investment idea to wait. And they may even catch rates lower too. So if we think about all else being equal, they're close to ending the increasing interest rate cycle. 
And uh, at some point, they're going to reduce rates. So wouldn't that be the perfect world if real estate prices were a bit lower and you could actually get a mortgage at a more reasonable rate? So yeah, so I think it's a good idea to possibly wait a little bit on this one if you're thinking of early gifting. And it is difficult to time the market. And, and as you say, with early gifting, it's almost like you know you do have the time to kind of wait and and see what happens. It's not as though you're playing in the in the housing market. You don't have to be in a big, big rush because 25-year amortizations are still 25 years, and that's still a long time. So your opportunity will come along. It will, and it might just be sooner rather than later. And that's the thing. It's all about inventory right now, John. So if there's people that need to sell because they can't afford their payments, you'd start seeing that over the next 6 to 12 months. And if we don't see it, fine. You can still early gift and buy real estate probably at the same price. Like, I don't think you're going to see real estate prices take off like a rocket here. This is just historically not the environment. A lot of people debate between investing in real estate and investing in the stock market, what should investors consider when deciding which asset they should invest in? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people would think I'm biased because of the, the business that I'm in. Right. Um, however, I believe in both, right? I own other properties. I own real estate as well. Of course, I invested in the portfolios that I manage. And so I think that diversification is important. So if you have the funds to be invested in both, it's kind of like comparing apples to oranges, though, sometimes too. A lot of people bring up to me, oh, well, I get rental income with real estate. Well, if you take a look at rental income over your investment and take maintenance into account and property taxes and all that kind of stuff, the net return on rental income is not very good. It can be in the low single digits, like even like 2 3%. Really? Yeah, depending on, again, the rent you're getting, the property you own, all that kind of stuff. But when we figured it out for people, yeah, it has been quite low. And so you have to be investing in real estate for the idea that it's going to go up in value. And lots of clients, and myself included, have made money on real estate. So it's definitely not a bad investment long term, but you still have to pick your spots. It's just like buying stocks at the peak. I mean, you could spend some time underwater if that's what you do. And the same with real estate. The other thing when looking at real estate versus the stock market, the stock market has actually had higher returns than the real estate market if you take a long period of time. But is more the liquidity that you're able to buy today, sell tomorrow. I think that is advantageous because as we know, like in 2008 in the U.S., your real estate was down 50% and you couldn't even sell it if you wanted to. You could even give it away at that point where that's never really been the case in the stock market if you're in blue chip stock. So like if you own Coca-Cola and McDonald's, you can always sell it no matter what. So I think that's important for some people having liquidity diversification, which we talked about. I think a lot of Vancouverites, as you said, John, real estate has gone up a lot. So a lot of them have become overweighted in real estate. So they have, you know, maybe their principal residence and they have a rental property or a cottage. And when you take a look at their overall net worth, now they've got so much invested in real estate. So if something happens in the real estate market, and in Canada, the other stat out there is just how leveraged Canadians are. So $1.75 of debt to disposable income for every dollar of disposable income. And so when that happened in uh, 2008, the financial crisis, the U.S. was at $1.30 of debt. So we're much higher. 
So the impact to our real estate market could be greater. And that worries me. So that's why, again, diversification is important. Cycles happen in both real estate and the stock market. And that's why having exposure to both and not too heavy in one is important. And so that would be kind of my insight to the stock market versus the real estate market. Just a a note on the rental market. I uh, heard that a one-bedroom apartment in Vancouver now rents for $3,000 a month. And you think about that for a second and go, who can afford $3,000 a month for a one-bedroom? Now, that's in Vancouver. You don't necessarily have to live in Vancouver, and a lot of people don't, but work there. It is a real shocking statistic because it wasn't that many months ago that it was about $2,000 a month and everybody was going, oh, that's crazy. Well, now it's up to 3000 Well, exactly. And I heard also that it's very similar even in North Vancouver right now. So those thinking they could live a little bit outside of the city in, you know, North Van and take the sea bus over, that it's very high there as well now, almost the same. And the thought of rental rates going lower, it's just, again, it's an inventory thing. We just don't have enough. And so unless they really start building, which they do, a little bit outside of Vancouver, like Burnaby. I mean, I was just at the amazing Brentwood Mall, which is amazing, by the way. Yes. You know, the amount of apartments going up all around there is, it's a lot. And so things are being built, but just not fast enough. And then you're right, the prices are just too high for the average worker here in BC. So it's a hard road to manage, I think, for the government and the central banks, because they can't afford to have the real estate market go into the toilet here. But they also have to make sure that prices are maintained or are lower a bit. And again, how does this affect all these different generations differently? And those that are trying to retire, which is, again, what we're focusing here on the show always, I would say the downsizing part is a big one for people as well as that early gifting for, you know, when looking at the real estate market and how it's affecting them. Also, some people going to retirement have lines of credits where those rates are off the charts right now. So having that conversation a lot, you know, should you be taking money out of a portfolio to pay off your line of credit? That's all mixed in together. So there's, you know, a lot of moving parts to what's happening out there. And that's why it's so important to have a good financial team on your side to be able to lean on for advice in all different areas, not just the portfolio, not just markets, but family, life, real estate, all that kind of stuff is is important that you have a good relationship with an advisor. They can give you that insight that you need in all areas of life. Indeed. Well, the real estate environment can be tricky to navigate, as we know, especially during uh, times when the economy and interest rates are undergoing significant changes. Yeah, you know, when you're thinking about making a major decision like purchasing or selling a home, it's a good idea to always talk to a real estate agent, of course, your financial advisor, maybe a lawyer if you need to, can really provide some guidance on helping you make those decisions. And like I said, there's a lot going on out there and you need good professionals in your life to make things clearer for you. Absolutely. Have all of the information that you need and uh, do your homework and be informed, be well-informed. As we try to do for you on every edition of Ready, Set, Retire. So, do you have a quote to help us wrap up this week? Yeah, I would say don't make 30-year investment decisions based on the last 30 minutes or even the last 30 days of news. (laughs) What you want to look at is trends forming and understand that things move in cycles and make, you know, insightful decisions based on facts out there. 
Yes, because uh, having been in the news business for my entire life, 50 years professionally, I can tell you that getting too plugged into what's going on in the last five days or the last 50 days when it comes to investing and when it comes to real estate uh, can really, really throw your mind around a lot. It is a roller coaster. And so you do have to step back and, as I say, disconnect the information hose and talk to people, talk to experts like you who know what the situation is and are not swayed by the latest breaking financial news on uh, CNBC. Exactly. You know, I often say to people, too, that uh, look at their portfolios, you know, on a day-to-day basis that you shouldn't be doing that (laughs) Uh, because that's why you have a team of professionals to do that. But some people like it as a hobby, but it's just like your home. You don't know what the value of your home is on a daily basis. And many people don't even care because they're going to live there for a long time. But when you're looking at it from an investment standpoint, you want to try to pick your spots. But that's why, again, the stock market versus the real estate market is different. You shouldn't put so much weight on a portfolio fluctuating day to day because you have no idea what your home or your investment properties are fluctuating day to day. So, you know, there's a lot of good insight here and that people can take with them as they navigate the economy, the stock market, as well as the real estate market right now. Absolutely. And there is a lot to navigate. Always a pleasure to speak with you. We will do this again in a couple of weeks. Sounds great, John. Have a great day. And that's a wrap for this week's edition of Ready, Set, Retire. If you're interested in learning more or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management, 604-695-LORI, 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening and join us again in two weeks for another edition of Ready, Set, Retire. The comments and opinions expressed in this podcast are the result of work done by Lori Pinkowski. They may differ from the opinion of Canaccord Genuity's research and should not be considered as representative of Canaccord's beliefs, opinions, or recommendations. All views expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management is a division of Canaccord Genuity Corp., member of the CIPF and IROC.